everyone, this is Ashley and welcome to yet another episode of Block, Stock and Barrel, the podcast about blockchains and a whole lot more. Today, we have Casey Tam here with us. Casey is the founder of Legitech that mainly provides blockchain consulting and training services to various types of clients. He's also an instructor and training material developer at Blockchain Educators, providing classroom training on various blockchain topics and a part-time lecturer at City University of Hong Kong. He speaks in many blockchain events and webinars and publishes articles regularly on blockchain topics from concept to hands-on practice, receiving more than 15,000 views each month. His interest is to explore how blockchain platforms work and how blockchain applications help in the business world. His focus is on Hyperledger Fabric and Ethereum. Prior to the blockchain journey, he also spent almost 10 years in cloud consulting roles in both Cisco and Ericsson. Today, Casey is going to share with us some of his key insights from his initial deep dives into Hyperledger Fabric 2.0. He's probably one of the first few to have written extensively about Fabric's new changes. And please bear in mind that all these are not official statements. Please treat these as personal opinions, findings and reviews from a seasoned Fabric developer that may or may not change as he continues his study on 2.0. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode with Casey Tang. So hi, once again, Casey, Tom, thank you for coming on our show. Yeah, it's my, it's my pleasure to, to be here. All right. Okay, so let me just get started with your own personal journey with how you started with blockchain uh, and DLT and Hyperledger. Yeah. So I understand that you've been in the blockchain space for quite a while, right? What do you think are the key trends that will become key in 2020 and beyond? Well, uh, I usually divide the industry into two parts or two areas. Uh, I would say the first part mm-hmm. is the public permissionless world that is more on Ethereum, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. On that area, I'm quite excited with some new stuff uh, coming up uh, last year. What I'm saying is last year, right? 2019 is the DeFi, mm-hmm. the decentralized finance. Uh, that's the area I think that will make yes. the permissionless blockchain. I mean, uh, that, that, that's the killer app, I would say it that way. Um, because uh, nowadays we are not mm-hmm. just talking about, I mean, transferring coins between you and me. We are talking about issuing coins. We are, we are talking about issuing stable coins. We're talking about the interest, uh, mm-hmm. whether you save uh, your coins or you loan the money, you, you loan the coins from, uh, from, from, from a platform. So that part, I think, is uh, something mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm quite excited uh, in terms of, uh, I mean, in, in, in the permissionless world. Um, Ethereum is still the choice because it's uh, the popularity of that, but more and more platforms are coming up. Uh, I will see it, uh, that area. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any uh, DeFi, DeFi projects in particular that you are interested in? Uh, nowadays, it's more on uh, on one side is the stable coins, uh, more or less on the MakerDAO. Uh, recently, they just uh, yes. uh, have the uh, multi, uh, multi-type multi collateral. Uh, quite successful, I have to say it that mm-hmm. way. In fact, I also participate into another stable coin project similar to that. Uh, the other one is mm-hmm. more on the platform that you can make money, like Compound. Uh, that is another area. Compound. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that is the uh, area. I will keep an eye on this, although I may not be very active on I mean, putting money there and getting money out there. But uh, that's something quite interesting to me. So this is more on the permissionless. Uh, world. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the enterprise blockchain, or what I always say, permission blockchain or business blockchain, uh, I would see more and more use cases coming out from PowerPoint to at least some proof of concept, or at least uh, I would I would expect some real deployment coming out. 
um, platform wise, uh, the, the, the three players, uh, in, uh, in our days, like Hyperledger Fabric, uh, Quorum, and also the Quota, uh, the three platforms definitely will lead, uh, will lead the whole, so you, you keep seeing this type of use cases coming up from, the, uh, from these three platforms. Uh, among them, I still see Hyperledger Fabric has the, the, the leading role, but the other two are picking up. Are there uh, any particular industries in which you see the most? Uh, you see there will be the most adoption of like blockchain projects. Uh, and in fact, uh, since uh, two years ago, when I start looking into the blockchain uh, projects, uh, more or less they are they are on finance world as well as on the supply chain. So I guess these two are still uh, still the leading the leading industry. But again, blockchain is something that you never can predict. I mean, something suddenly they come out, right. uh, new use cases mm-hmm. that, I mean, everyone is just follow them. Uh, so that's something, at least these two uh, industries will continue, we will see those uh, solid cases. But again, I have to emphasize that it's not on PowerPoint or just, I mean, on, on, on top and top. Uh, more likely, they, you will see some solid project. And put it that way, I mean, last year, I also encountered several uh, projects on enterprise blockchain. They are also considering, I mean, put it into uh, either testing or production this year. So I guess that there will be something very solid uh, in, 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 in this area. But besides these two, uh, another area I, 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 I guess is more something I'm, I'm, I'm more excited is on the identity solution. That is mm-hmm. using the ledger, using the uh, blockchain as a tool to facilitate the identity uh, management. Uh, in particular, uh, the self-sovereign identity is something, or decentralized uh, identity is something that I'm quite. I keep an eye on this uh, uh, area, and also I'm expecting uh, more and more use cases coming up. Uh, there are several players nowadays in in this area, mm-hmm. and uh, they, I am quite excited. I mean, seeing this type of I mean new com- news coming up. Cool. And so, how did you yourself, Percy, first get started in blockchain? Oh, uh, it's dated back to I guess it's three years ago, uh, two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, two two and a half. Um, in fact, the first trigger questions is from uh, from my CFO. That's my wife. Uh, she asked me what is Bitcoin. Oh, okay. So I, I mean, I have to follow, I have to do my study, what it is. Uh, of course, she's more from the investment perspective. Okay. But I myself are very fascinated with the technology behind. Uh, although I, I just finished my homework for her and she just do whatever she likes. Right? <laughs> but I myself start going into the technology itself. And uh, beside Bitcoin, there's another term coming up uh, during my study is the uh, smart contract. Mm-hmm. So the smart contract is something uh, very, very interesting to me. Uh, and, and that's why I, I stepped into another blockchain platform which is called Ethereum. So uh, my first work is more on the Ethereum. Uh, in fact, uh, the very first uh, articles I wrote uh, back to 2017 is on Ethereum, uh, more on Ethereum in those days. But I keep with, I, I keep seeing some news talking about the blockchain use cases. It's not on Ethereum. In fact, it's on another platform called Hyperledger Fabric. And that's why I say, oh, there must be something uh, different between these two platforms. So uh, in parallel, uh, on, on, on one side, I work on Ethereum, uh, writing the smart contract. But on the other side, I also start going into the hyperledger fabric. So these two, uh, these two platforms, the Ethereum and hyperledger fabric, becomes uh, my, uh, my, my, my focus nowadays. Focus. Yeah. 
And have you also looked at, uh, have you also done any like deep dives into other enterprise blockchain platforms as well, like Corda, Quorum, for example? Yeah, definitely. In fact, I one of my role in uh, I mean to, uh, uh, is to tell the difference among platforms, and that's why I also start, uh, I spend some time on Corda and Quorum. Uh, I have to say that I didn't go into that in depth like uh, what I did, uh, what, what, I, what I'm doing on the hyperledger fabric uh, area. Uh, but I also, yeah, definitely, I come up with something uh, on Coda. In fact, I also participating into their events, and uh, I mean, I, I know how to program. I mean, do some programming on on Coda. I see. Uh, but at this moment, I'm I'm just spent. But again, I mean, once you spend time on one area, you know more, and you have to give up some of your time on another platform, right? Right, right. It's like a depth versus width kind of thing, right? Whether you want to specialize. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think. I think it'd be just interesting to know, based on your own personal experience, like getting started in uh, learning about Hyperledger Fabric, what kind of advice do you have for someone or like a general de- general programming developer starting his or her journey with Hyperledger Fabric? Because there is definitely a lot to entangle. There is so much, so many um, technicalities. That is, and, it, and Hyperledger Fabric is quite notoriously known for being quite complex. Yeah, true. Uh, that is the word I, I or adjective I keep hearing from from those reading my article saying that okay, hyperledger fabric is so complex. I mean, where can yeah. we start, or uh, what 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 shall I do? So most likely, I would I would suggest uh, developers, in fact, are more. Uh, in, in fact, for them, it's much easier uh, to get into the uh, into that ecosystem uh, compared to me. I myself is more like a, like a, a architect uh, role. I'm more uh, like a consulting role. So in fact, for me, it's more difficult to get into this uh, ecosystem. But I would suggest uh, for developers, uh, they are already getting, uh, they, they already have that skills uh, in programming language. Uh, in fact, like Hyperledger Fabric, they are using the Golang, JavaScript, Java. I mean, those are almost cover all the developers have that type of skill. But what's uh, missing is the whole picture. Uh, what actually the uh, Fabric system looks like or uh, how and how it works and this part, I would say, um, if a, a developer, I mean, you don't need to know down to bits and bytes, but if you have that big picture, uh, that, will be, uh, that will be much easier. You get into this uh, area on one side. Another side is, uh, in fact, uh, for developer, you can even move to another role. That is, you are architecting uh, the whole system. And then, I mean, mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, uh, your developing skill uh, will help. Uh, just like me, I do a lot of demo. I do a lot of proof of concept for my clients. So in that case, I guess um, the, the, the critical part is uh, developers should have, I mean, a bigger picture what a fabric system looks like. Uh, you you can you, if you like you will, you will, you will drill down into very detail. But I mean, if you have the big picture, you know where the chain code looks like and uh, where it sits and how it functions. Then will be good enough. Uh, then the, uh, the developer can get into the ecosystem, find a good job in, I mean, in the blockchain world. Yeah, I guess in this sense, it also means every time uh, Hyperledger releases and you uh, upgrade, it will be much more easier for you to cope with the changes because you understand the architecture, you understand how the transaction flows are like, and you exactly, and also you can you you, you know which step comes first mm-hmm. and why and otherwise. I mean, uh, once you hit a problem, how you recover them. So that's also, I mean, if you have the big, uh, big picture, you're not just, I mean, uh, binding yourself into the coding. I mean, you're just a, a piece of code. I mean, uh, change this and change that. But if you have the big picture, that will be 
much easier. And uh, I would say that you, 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 you'll be leading the role rather than I mean others are just following you in, in, in that part. And I also wish to highlight one point is uh, regarding this, uh, the, the, the skill uh, or practicing on the, uh, on the fabric network. Uh, the uh, the most important skill is to keep uh, practicing. Practicing, okay. That, that's good. I mean, because, yeah, hyperledger fabric, uh, be honest, is quite good in terms of the documentation and they also come with very good tutorials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say that I also learned a lot from, from, from that part. And in parallel, there are a lot of good material in the, uh, uh, in the internet, no matter it's a video, it's some articles, uh, a lot of people, they just try to contribute a lot uh, uh, with free resource. Then, then you, can, you can learn a lot from this. And, sin- uh, and during uh, your, pra- uh, your, your practice, uh, play around the, 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 I mean, the command and everything, then you, you definitely will, will know more about this system and you will become the expert in, in this area. And that's also uh, one of the reasons I keep writing articles or documenting what I have learned to share in the community. Just hope everyone can... Uh, get uh, I mean, beside the documentation, you can also have some subsidiary, some uh, supported uh, document that help you to learn faster and understand uh, the whole picture. That is also the idea why I keep writing. Yeah, that's definitely true. Also helps you learn yourself better by being able yeah, to exactly. re- reinforce your own learning. Cool. So let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about some of your more recent articles in which you highlight the key changes in Fabric 2.0. So for you, what was the most compelling or interesting uh, thing or new upgrade about Fabric 2.0? Uh, the very first thing I have to say that is the lifecycle chain code. Uh, the lifecycle chain code, in fact, that is something, uh, I, I noticed that it happens uh, before uh, on release 1.2, 1.3, and 1.4. But on 2.0, uh, 2.0, in fact, it's moved out as a, a separate item and uh, enhanced quite a lot. And that's why the very first articles I wrote is on the lifecycle. In fact, the first uh, three articles I wrote is on lifecycle. I just drilled down into the process, the, the, the practice, um, the lifecycle itself is more like deploying a uh, train code into a fabric network. So once a developer has completed testing uh, the development of a piece of train code, uh, then go through this process and finally the train code is usable and accessible by, uh, from external world. So this part is uh, what we call the train code operation. And in the past, uh, the life cycle is more like uh, straightforward. Uh, any organization can perform this role to deploy or uh, to install Trinco, instantiate Trinco, and then done. Uh, then the Trinco is accessible. But uh, in, uh, in 2.0, it adds certain, um, I would say, uh, not constru- uh, uh, restriction, but it's more, make it more formal. Uh, that means uh, the different organizations uh, can make a decision whether they agree to deploy this piece of trinkle or change this piece of trinkle or not. If uh, they do not provide explicit uh, endorsement or, or approval on the trinkle itself, uh, then the trinkle will not be, uh, at least uh, to that organization, it won't, it, it, won't, it won't be usable by that organization. Right. Uh, it doesn't mean that you will finally can, uh, I mean, stop others using that because, I mean, depending on the policy, if the policy is the majority, and uh, if the consortium say it's three organizations, two of them already say yes, then the trinkle is still already running. But you so won't majority. be part of that trinkle. That is, yeah, that, that is the majority. But again, mm-hmm. that is tunable. I mean, you can set it all three organizations has to agree or either one organization has to agree. So it, it is somehow a fallback. 
So I would say this is a very uh, important uh, uh, enhancement uh, regarding how to make it more, uh, 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 I mean, each organization has the right to say no uh, to, I mean, change the trend code. That is something, uh, then that's why I, 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 I drill down uh, uh, a little bit deeper and uh, test some scenario, what happened if, this, uh, uh, if I do this and what happened if I do that. So that's also uh, my articles, I mean, uh, address. Mm-hmm. So what does it what does this change in particular mean for multi-organizational consortiums when testing and when in production? Like having this ability to Yeah, I mean the, uh, for testing, uh definitely I mean you can still stick on what we have before, right? I mean because for testing it's more like a a a, a rehearsal or just because it's not yet in production, you may have to make it like a, a essential approach, like like one organization can make the decision to 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 tune that. But in real life, uh all organizations within a consortium should have the equal right. Or at least uh, you can customize your scenario based on mm-hmm. your business needs. Uh, if you are, your consortium still have one big brother, I mean, who say yes, everyone say yes. So you, you can still follow this, uh, this rule. But if your consortium wish to have more democratic approach, everyone can have a, a, a say, then you can still, you, you can still, nowadays you can do it on the 2.0. Uh, that is, uh, important, uh, cause it's finally, it's secure, uh, the, the participants, uh, the, the organization. If I don't, again, if I don't wish or if I don't approve this type of train code, it won't apply to anything on me. So this is the, the critical part. Right. And so this is a lot more, um, suitable for, um, reflecting real life business relationships. Yeah, exactly. I mean, more than just I mean, only one. But I mean, I, I would say it that way. I mean, the two point zero still provide, yeah, provide that type of uh, flexibility. You can choose right, right. either one. Uh, so when you form the consortium, you can make a, exactly. At least you have a right. spectrum. You can pick a choice. Right. I mean, compared to in the past, you have only one choice. So that that is that is very eye catching. That's why <laughs> that's the first I see, item I, I, I drew down into the two point zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are there any other changes that you're also interested in? Yeah, there's another, there's another two. Uh, in fact, uh, one is the private data. Uh, the, the private data, again... Private it, data it, collection? It, yeah, exactly. It's been mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the fabric for quite a while, but since the 2.0, uh, they have a certain enhancement regarding on, I mean, make it into part of the endorsement environment or what we call the chain code definition. Uh, that part, uh, I, I, I have not opened the can yet. Uh, I think that will be something very interesting. Uh, in the coming uh, weeks, I will spend some time on that, and hopefully I, can, I also come up with some articles on that. So that is the uh, private data collection. Um, the, the, the other one is the test network. Uh, so uh, from time to time, I'm used the first network. Uh, for those who have been playing around Fabric uh, for quite a while, you probably know that what first network is. That is the sample uh, that you always use to test, to demo, uh, to run some uh, uh, situation scenario. Uh, but since 2.0, uh, the community introduced uh, a new environment called test network. Mm-hmm. I mean, from the terminology, you probably know that, right? It's for test, for test yep. and development. So test network has certain uh, things inherited from the first network. But they also add something and remove something. So, uh, in fact, uh, just this week, I published another article uh, talking about the difference between the test network and first network. Uh, what what they mention is uh, they finally will the test network will replace the first network uh, will be become the standard uh, testing environment. So, I guess it's good time to uh, make all of us aware 
what it is, how it works, and later will be much easier for us to uh, when, when we're moving forward. So this is another area I find that uh, 2.0 is, is new. And so do you think um, out of all, I mean, with all these changes, do you, do you think that it's likely that a lot of uh, development teams are already building on Hyperledger Fabric will um, upgrade to Hyperledger Fabric 2.0? Like, does this very drastically... Oh, that's that's question. That's <laughs> well, question. Yeah, you, you probably know that. I, I, I don't see... Uh, okay, put it that way. Uh, I, I have been working in some big companies like Cisco, Ericsson for quite a while. I know software update uh-huh. what it means. It's always, I mean, a big process. very uh-huh. huge effort, right? I mean, operation, backup, everything. Uh, I I don't see people will you uh, we will upgrade the network because of uh, one or two particular features. Uh, there must be some workaround, I mean, to, to come across it. Un- unless... Uh, you have some burning issue. You you must upgrade it uh, or, or or not. Uh, for me, I would say that uh, most likely the upgrade will be triggered not by features. It's more by the uh, because they for a particular release is no longer supported. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Then you have to you have to move to another another one. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> that, that's more interesting. Uh, but but like, I I have to say that I mean yeah, yeah it, it's also interesting in the fabric world or 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 blockchain uh community. Since every since first is open source, right? Yes. I mean that means you can download the so you don't need to pay for the upgrade. That is mm-hmm. one thing. But the other thing is. Um, since it's uh, open source, uh, people will, um, will, will, will always hesitate whether they, they should use it or not. And in particular, when you build some tools on top of and release, like I, I saw some tools built on 1.2. Yeah. So in that case, they have to still stay on 1.2. Otherwise, I mean, they are, their, their tool set will, will need to upgrade it. Right, so in right. that case, that's also why I, I, I say uh, not many people will, will wish to jump into say, okay, 2.0 is so new, then I have to follow 2.0. It depends on whether they have that type of learning list and also whether they have some tool set developed on top of already some existing pref- uh, release. And unless uh, that release is, say, I mean, the community is no longer supporting this release, in that case, you will, I mean, you have to consider the, the, the upgrade. But put it that way, I mean, the new features on 2.0 is, is, is quite, I won't say compelling, but at least it's quite uh, attractive. Right. Uh, I would suggest, uh, I mean, uh, people will practice it and see whether it will add value on their existing platform compared to the cost and also the, the, comp- uh, the complex uh, process to upgrade it into the new release. Can you talk about some of the challenges for companies who would like to upgrade from 1.4 to 2.0? Like you've mentioned, I would see. Oh, uh, in fact, the community, yeah, the community has already come up a document, uh, say detail the the upgrade the process. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you need to back up and what is the step. And uh, personally, I haven't gone through this yet because I uh, my my work is more on the initial stage, uh, more on helping people to qualify whether this is a good project or not. It's not, I mean, something that you have already run uh, running a network. And I help you to upgrade in that area, but I definitely will take a look on the uh, on 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 that uh, uh, the the documentation or or the the uh, how they suggest when you do uh, some upgrade uh, from one point four to two point zero. But I have to say that the uh, fabric community is good enough. I mean, uh, in fact, on really uh, on every new release. Uh, it, uh, there, there's always uh, documents uh, saying how to upgrade from one release to another, and also they come up with some good script. Uh, to move it. 
But again, uh, that won't be easy. Uh, as traffic itself is not, <laughs> it's not easy. It's complicated. So the upgrade right. itself is also, I mean, you have to follow the steps. And, and the good thing is, or, or the most important thing is you have to understand the whole flow before you start running. I mean, just following uh, step one, step two, step three, and you don't know what step one, step two means. Then, right. then in case you encounter any problems, then you cannot, you don't know what to do. So again, I mean, uh, get the knowledge first, uh, do more practice first before you really work on your production mm-hmm. farm. Cool. Um, and also in this new uh, version two, has has anything changed in terms of the ease of fabric operations and development? Like, for example, we understand that. Um, is the rough consensus easier to operate than Kafka that has been deprecated um, as a developer? What what do these changes implicate for you? Yeah, uh, the rough stuff is something really helps me. I mean, I have I, I still remember just half yeah. a year ago, half a year ago. In fact, rough is uh, yeah. uh, was introduced quite a while. But uh, in the very beginning, I heard a lot of problems. Yeah, I heard a lot of challenges and people keep uh, encountering problems. So I haven't touched that. But uh, so in those days, if I need to build a cluster, uh, you you mentioned that already, right? I mean, we're using the Kafka. Yes. And uh, how complex it is. I mean, I I still can count how many uh, containers I need to run in order to have a Kafka cluster running. Uh, the, the most challenging part is, um, I mean, Kafka is something outside the fabric world. So in that case, you have to take care of, I mean, the compatibility. Uh, what happens if they upgrade the code? What happens if we upgrade the code? So in that case, Kafka always brings up, I mean, a lot of challenge. So Ruff uh, brings us good stuff because the, the code is already inside the, the orderer. So in that case, we just trust that community will, will, will do their good job. Everything is well integrated. So when I bring it up, it works. So in 2.0, uh, it becomes the recommended. And in fact, I would say that may be the only one, uh, the, the only uh, 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 consensus uh, implementation. Um, the solo part is more for testing. So test network will come with solo, just one orderer. And the Kafka is deprecated. Uh, so I won't, I, 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 I don't need to take care of the more than 10 containers uh, running in my network. So I just stick on the raft and, uh, and I also test the raft, uh, implementation. I mean, I easily, I can shut down one order and it's still working. I can, con- I can check with other orders and, uh, every, con- uh, every transaction goes to different orders can work. I mean, normally, yeah, smoothly. So the raft definitely will help, help in terms of the operation, but, in terms of uh, code, uh, chain code development, uh, the nice thing uh, for Fabric is that the network itself and the application itself, you can separate, uh, I mean, do it, do it separately. Right. So the RAF right. is more improving on the, uh, the network area. So you are more comfortable. I mean, the network is up and running happily. So for, mm-hmm. from a developing uh, perspective, you just focus on your chain code and finally you deploy it onto, uh, onto the Fabric network. So this is how... Uh, how I will see. Uh, again, I, I hope the rough will, will be there. And uh, in, in fact, I, I also expect they will come up with some uh, other consensus. I mean, they promised they have the uh, TBFT, I, I, if I still remember, because nowadays they don't mention it anymore. So I don't know whether the TBFT is still there or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least rough will be the choice uh, on, on 2.0. Cool. Are there any other features or enhancements that you wish to see in future versions of Fabric? Uh I won't, I won't have any, I mean, I, I don't have a, a list on, on the features, but for me, the most critical part is how to simplify the whole operation. Uh, nowadays, uh, whenever people are talking about adding a new organization, adding a new payer, adding a new nodes, 
it's always very complicated. I mean, you have to do this and do that and follow all the <laughs> recipe. Uh, I, I, in fact, in the last several months, I keep doing this, I mean, to do some demo for, for my client. Uh, the challenging part is, I mean, I understand why it, it, it works like this because everything is so integrated. Uh, everything is so closely packed. And when you do this, you have to unlock something. So I have no quick answer how it can be simplified. But I hope, the, uh, and I, I think the community has already received a lot of requests on how to simplify things. Right, right. Uh, okay, I mean, uh, hopefully it won't be just like click and everything done, uh, but at least it will be more uh, logical, more, uh, more uh, something automated. Uh, if there are a lot of manual process, how to make mm-hmm. it more into a script. Uh, so that will that will be that will they will simplify the process. Uh, I, I guess I, I and I hope uh, there will be something in in the uh, future release. Uh, not just a particular feature. Uh, I, I I'm always uh, excited when they come up with new features. Because maybe I'm not very I'm informed one. I, I don't have a bag of uh, features. Uh, I mean, waiting for the outstanding features. I'm looking forward to for them. But more is is more on the operation uh, side. Definitely, a lot of things can be simplified. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Okay. And so, so would you would you say that the complexity of the platforms are actually the biggest challenge that is hindering enterprise use of blockchain technology today? I would say partially, um, because people may be uh, maybe afraid okay. once they saw, okay, it's, it's just a, a, a huge system, and I have to pay some big company to to work for me. I mean, to build this type of uh, system. Uh, by the way, they charge quite a lot. I mean, uh, building this type of platforms. Uh, but more, uh, but but more importantly, I saw the adopt uh, adoption. It, it depends on what uh, what we mean uh, uh, adoption. Uh, I don't see the uh, blockchain or the DLT will like something like what uh, we see cloud today. I mean, cloud is more like something uh, everyone is is need. Uh, everyone needs it uh, nowadays. I mean, every companies are talking about. But DLT or blockchain itself may not be something like this. Uh, the critical part is whether you can identify the real uh, business needs or the real business pain points that uh, it it helps. I saw so many uh, projects uh, uh, last two years. In fact, maybe because I mean the top boss saying that okay, do something on blockchain for me. Then they just find out I mean where I can fit blockchain into the, the picture. That that's not the right way. Uh, the right way is you whether you really find out the real uh, business case. Uh, it's not just replacing your database. No, that that's never not uh, that, that, uh, that case. It's more like in case you have uh, several organization or a consortium, then you wish to solve a problem, then it will it will come into the picture. So again, I don't I I won't expect. I mean, the adoption will be every company, every enterprise will have one. But more once it's needed. Uh, the blockchain will be there. Then, then, then it's something I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm more, uh, I'm more keen on. Uh, that is what I, what I saw the adoption. So again, uh, not just complexity. I mean, the complexity will finally uh, help those experts uh, earn some money, right? But <laughs> more is on the, on, on the real business case. Uh, that is, I mean, uh, whether you really identify uh, that part. In fact, I turned down a lot of projects last mm-hmm. year. Uh, saying that okay, you don't need a blockchain. Put it that way. I mean, you can just do this and do that. Then you will achieve what you need. So that's that's also, I mean, as a consulting uh, uh, role, uh, I I play nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, like you mentioned before, that there are a lot of uh, companies trying to do or create uh, blockchain projects in finance and supply chain. Is that right? Yep. True. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, that's exactly because it's related to multi companies, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, finance, most uh, likely they are a consortium of banks. Uh, or supply chain that will be related to multi-companies. So that makes sense, I mean, in that area. I still remember there's one company say that, okay, I, I need a blockchain to improve my database more secure. So I say, no, this is not the way. Like they just wanted to put every their entire database and migrate it onto a blockchain? Yeah, I can still, I can still uh, remember okay. they, they have a big size of data and saying that, why I cannot put it into, into the chain code and also cannot put it into the ledger. I say, no, this is not the way you use chain, uh, blockchain. So always, I, I'm still in this stage with that way. I mean, the whole market, I mean, the wide spectrum. I mean, a lot of people are still trying to learn what blockchain is and how it helps or how it cannot help. So in that case, uh, that's why I'm, uh, I mean, current, I'm more focusing on the educating the market, uh, hoping mm-hmm. more and more people understand what it is. Then you can find whether you, you find the business value on the blockchain platform. Rather than, I mean, you have, you, you just put a blockchain there, I mean, build a fabric platform and don't know what to do. I mean, or whether you are doing something that in fact can be done easily by, by, by another platform. Do you still find that in 2019, a lot of the companies that come and speak to you don't have an accurate understanding of the real value of blockchain technology? I would I would say yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem is not because of they don't wish to learn a lot. It, I, I, I would say the problem is more because blockchain this term has uh, can mean a lot mm-hmm. in, in, in the world. It may mean to something like, well, today we're talking about the enterprise blockchain solution, right? I mean, so that solved the business problem. But that's more related to, say, cryptocurrency, I mean, ICO, SEO, so everything. Yeah, Bitcoin, yeah. I mean, the, the, the price up and down. So everything is so mingled. I still remember <laughs> two days ago, I have a friend call me, they uh, talk about cryptocurrency. So they, again, they, 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 there's a lot of different topics, but all centered on the magic world blockchain. So and it, that's mm-hmm. also one of my wish to help people understand what it actually is and then uh, help uh, people to understand uh, after that, they can make a decision whether they need that or they don't need that and uh, how they add value to their existing environment or they don't add value to their existing business. So that is, I mean, uh, why I start my business as uh, yeah education uh, workshop, yeah, this type of business. So as an educator, what do you think needs to be done in order to increase the number of skilled blockchain talent? Because right now there is a severe shortage. I think companies are struggling to hire blockchain engineers or the talent necessary. Like how, how do you find them? How do you encourage more people to I, I yeah, I would I would say if, if that demand is true, uh, those uh, developers or some tech with some technical background should move to this area. Mm-hmm. Because the demand is there. Yeah. Uh, what they need is just spend time to uh, to study, to learn. Um, I personally don't like the certification. I mean, unlike other areas, you probably know uh, many companies uh, or many organizations, they will issue certification. Didn't Hyperledger uh, recently um, Yeah, they, they, they are somehow official. So I, 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 I will respect uh, what they are doing, but, uh, but I, I know that it's quite expensive. That, that's what I heard. But anyway, uh, there are other organizations they try to issue certification. I, I, I would respect them, but uh, for those who wish to get into uh, this area, uh, I don't think it's, uh, it's a must because nowadays there's still not so many uh, organizations. I mean, they, they are in a good position saying that, uh, I mean, once you get the certification from me, you can get a job somewhere. No, I, I don't see that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more on do uh, 
or practicing and more try to get into the community. So in that case, uh, you you much easier. Uh, no matter you get a job or you increase, you improve your 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 skill uh, on the blockchain uh, itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, uh, I'm expecting more quality material uh, training classes uh, available, uh, free or at a at, at a price. Uh, I personally also do a lot of webinar, try to uh, evangelizing this area and hopefully attract more uh, talent people join this blockchain community. That's great. Cool. Um, so I think that's all the questions that I have. Uh, once again, Casey, thank you so much mm. for coming down to our podcast. It was very, very insightful. I learned a lot about Hyperledger Fabric 2.0. Um, I will put a link to all your articles in the show notes so that anyone listening can um, go and read up themselves and in more detail about all these new changes. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thanks, uh, Ashley. Ashley.